an easy life. For 2,000 years, thousands and thousands of missionaries, the unnamed, no biographies written about them, just unnamed people of whom the world is not worthy, have counted this cost and put their lives at risk and reached the loss with the only message of salvation. Some of you are thinking, oh, we're doing this again. Another month focusing on missions, feeling guilty. So why are we doing this? I would say that for Sherry and I, uh, two people who have served as missionaries for 26 years, I will say we are doing this because it matters to Christ. I don't know if some of you could uh, read those statistics, especially those of you who are way in the back, but uh, let me just reiterate that since the time we have been in this place, CHS, in one hour, 72 women and children have been sold into slavery while we've been here. While we've been here, 273 people have died of HIV AIDS. While we have been celebrating Christ and singing our songs and taking the elements of the Lord's table, 869 people have died because they don't live in Singapore. And they're hungry. 1,250 people have died in this past hour of chronic, preventable disease. 900 children have died of diarrhea while we've been here. So what I would say to you as a missionary of 26 years, maybe what we have been doing has been working, but it has not been working enough. And so we come again to another month where we focus not just on missions, but on the Great Commission, the assignment Christ has left his people. Let me give you some additional statistics. If you just want to write this website down, this is a website which is a broker for Christian mission information. It's called aboutmissions.org. All of these statistics come from that site and they cultivate all manner of mission websites and put together these statistics. Let's just talk about access for a moment. If, for instance, by God's grace, you were born in Puerto Rico, it would take you less than your first day of life before you first heard the gospel either from the song sung by your mother or by the chapel in the hospital that was broadcast 
over their intercom. Or by some radio program somebody was listening to less than a day before you would hear the gospel. But if you were born in Afghanistan, it would take 31 years before you would have opportunity to hear the gospel. The life expectancy for an Afghan man is 56 years. That means one time in your life. Perhaps downloading an underground you know, CD. You heard good news of Jesus Christ. Or you might have the opportunity to hear good news of Jesus Christ. And we all know, this message is not shared in a vacuum. There is resistance. 166,000. That's the number of your brothers and sisters who will die this year because of their faith. 166,000 of your fellow believers will die this year because they dare to believe in Jesus Christ. 86 is an important number for you who are Singaporeans to hear. 86 is the number of countries that either restrict or forbid Western missionaries from serving there. Are you depending on America to reach the world? Now is the time to stop that. Now is our day, Asia. 86 nations do not allow a guy who looks like me to serve as a religious worker in their country. It it probably would comfort you to know, though, that the intentional global murder rate is going down. So like if you're an ordinary person, out of 100,000 global citizens, only six will be murdered intentionally. That's not bad. It's good for all of you guys, not good for pastors. Because out of 100,000 pastors this year, 2,970 will be intentionally murdered. There's resistance. And, and I think it's probably easy for us to distance ourselves from these statistics um, because we're in Singapore, one of you know, the world's four safest nations. In Singapore, pastors don't die of intentional murder. We're going to die of roti prata, let's be honest. Right? It's, it's relatively comfort, comfortable here, so that creates some distance. You know, we don't feel it as much because we are so comfortable, but that makes it even more challenging. Here's another statistic. I call this just basic missions math. You saw it in the video. There are, from the first world nations, 300,000 cross-cultural, meaning international, missionaries in our world today. 300,000. The sad part about this is 85. 85% of those are serving in context that is already saturated by the gospel. 85% of those call themselves missionaries because they receive immigrants of Christian faith and allow them to borrow space. 85% of those are serving in context where there is already an indigenous church that is sustaining itself, that is cooperating together to do missions. 85% of that 300,000. And, and then this. 
330,000 US dollars. 330,000 US dollars is the cost of every baptism worldwide. When you take the jet fuel that is expended, the moving costs, the platforms that must be developed to support people like me, people like we support, it takes 330,000 per baptism globally. And more than that, this number, 2,720,658 US dollars, that's how much it costs per baptism in Japan. That is a nation that allows people like me to go there. But it costs me $75 for a pizza. I'm saying what we have been doing is not enough. Not only, John Piper, is the task not finished. The way we have been doing the task is not sufficient to ever finish the task for the sake of the gospel. We've got to rethink how we do missions. For the sake of the gospel among the nations, we must radically change what we were doing among the nations and how we are doing it. And it begins with understanding who are the subjects of the Great Commission. Who does the Great Commission apply to? This comes from Matthew chapter 28. If you have your Bibles, I invite you to not take my word for it because sometimes I say things. To whom does the Great Commission apply? Verses 16 through 18a. I have it up on the screen for you if you'd like. Now, the eleven disciples went to Galilee to the mountain which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, now let's stop right there. Uh, Let's be clear at this point. The Great Commission was not uniquely given to qualified missionaries. It was not specifically given to those special professional Christians who are credentialed in missions. The Great Commission was given to disciples. Now, now I know what you're thinking because you're saying, oh no, Pastor, that was the 11. They were apostles. That was the 11 apostles that the Great Commission was given to. And yet somehow, even though he was inspired of the... The Holy Spirit, somehow Matthew had the self-awareness to not write, I'm an apostle. Jesus came to the 11 apostles. No, he came to disciples. Those are learners. That's 11 apprentices. They, they weren't masters in religious stuff. They, they were still learning. Not only that, some of them, did you catch this? Some of them were worshiping him. The others were doubting. Do you understand? The Great Commission was given to learners. Some are worshiping learners. Some are doubting learners. Let me be clear. I'm a doubter. I doubt all the time. When we were leaving Vancouver, my brother came to me and said, Are you sure? Are you sure you're going to Singapore? I'm not sure, but I'm going. 
I, 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 I don't know that it's God, but I'm going to jump in the river and see. Do you have peace, Ian? No, I don't have peace. I have anxiety. In fact, I have anxiety every single week. On Monday, tomorrow morning, I'm going to wake up. I'm going to turn to Sherry and say, okay, I'll give this one more week. Don't, don't let it make you nervous. Because to doubters, Jesus comes. Right? But you should be nervous. Because to learners and to doubters, some worshipers, some worried and anxious, Jesus comes and he gives this great commission. Uh, Please, don't relegate this to a small group, 300,000 specialists. The Great Commission was given to all of us. Um, and let me just share something else. You know what disciples do? Disciples disciple. So, so I'm thinking that in Singapore, disciples learn stuff. But in Scripture, disciples make other disciples. We need to be consistent, right? I mean, can you imagine if you were trouble on the street in Singapore, which rarely will happen because this is one of the safest nations on the planet, but let's say you're in trouble and you call a policeman and he says, sorry, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not doing policing. I'm just learning about doing policing. W- would that not irritate you? If your kitchen suddenly got on fire and you called the fire department and, and the, the guy on the other end said, sorry, there's only firefighters here. Captain, not around. But, but you should come. He, he actually only works on Sunday afternoon, 3.30. Come and hear a speech. Uh, Captain's got lots of good speeches. You come and hear a speech. But we're just firefighters. And that comes Sunday afternoon, hear the speech. We, we sing songs about Firefighting, rescue the perishing, care for the dying, and then afterwards, study some more. You see, nowhere else in the world does this happen where where we relegate the ministry of disciple-making to a few people and, and the rest of us just learn. The Great Commission was given to all of us, to every disciple, and then there's the authority. This is, this is a big deal to me. Verse 18, the authority of the Great Commission. Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Let's just be clear. To the resurrected Christ, all authority, both in heaven, all authority in heaven and on earth, all authority in earth has been given to him. And I know if you're like me and you grew up with the King James Bible, you remember memorizing all power has been given to me. You, you know, it's not the same word. Power and authority are different words. And, and let me see if I can explain it this way. When, when I was in California, youth pastor, this, this was my car. Triumph GT6 1973 Mach 3. I'm telling you, this was one Awesome car. You drive it, you're almost lying on the floor. It's the worst youth pastor car ever because only two seats. 
But when I drive it, it appeals to my lame, insecure Canadian psyche. I feel powerful. Because it's a tiny car, and it's got a huge engine. The motor inside it is so big, they need a bump on the bonnet to fit the engine in. So when I press Jiayou, man, I can go. I feel so powerful. And one time, when we were in California, my little sister came to visit me. And you know, an older brother's got to impress his little sister. So I said, hey, come. Um, by the way, I didn't drive it a lot, because most of the time, it was in my garage in parts. British Carla, sorry. <laughs> I was always repairing it. But my little sister came, and it was all put together. So I said, hey, Meg, let's, let's go for a drive. And I got to show her how much power I have. And, and the only thing that ruins your demonstration for your little sister is a siren. Not that kind of siren. It wasn't a policeman. It was an ambulance. And, and you see... I see that ambulance coming perpendicularly to the junction that I'm coming to. And you know what I think? The obvious thing, if you're a guy, is I can beat him through. So I step on the petrol, and my sister starts to scream, and then I feel even more powerful. <laughs> you make your sister scream, you're powerful. Right? And she's shouting. I say, no, I can make it, I can make it. And suddenly she shouts because I'm saying, you know how powerful this engine is? She shouts, he's got the assignment. It, here's the thing. When you've been commissioned and you're on assignment, you can blow through a red light. You can exceed the speed limit because you've got assignment and you're on assignment this is authority, not power, but power to act. You think you got power? But the authority is Christ. He has the power to act in his world according to his glory. The church in America spends 90%, sorry, 98% of its resources on itself and cannot figure out why they have lost authority in their community. They spent 98% of their resources on themselves and trying to reach people just like themselves. You realize if it is this assignment that gives us authority... All the things we get anxious about are not that relevant. Because the argument on the music is really based upon not what lost people will be drawn to, but what I prefer. And when I'm thinking I wish the worship team would play more of my kind of music, I am really saying I want my kind of Christian to come to this church. All of this energy... All of these resources the American church is spending upon its brand is diminishing its authority because the authority comes from Christ and Christ is about the assignment. Third, the condition of the Great Commission is important. Verses 19 through 28. Go therefore... And make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have 
commanded you. Um, first of all, you, you know, right, that we have a tendency to um, nuance the Great Commission. We, we used to just say, it's go, therefore. But, but then some bright theologian looked at it and said, no, the construct of this word really doesn't mean go. It means as you go. <laughs> I'm not that good in Greek. I just know what it does not say is come. It does not say, as you come, disciple. As you gather, disciple. It's go or as you go. Disciple making is not predominantly a thing that is to take place as we gather. Disciples grow as they're making disciples. As you go, make disciples. It's not a new command. I mean, the terminology maybe is new, but this command goes all the way back to the Old Testament. In Deuteronomy chapter 31, we discover the great commission given to Joshua, who, by the way, his Greek name is Jesus. God saves. As as leadership authority was being transferred from Moses to Joshua, Moses commands Joshua, and he says this in verses 12 through 13. Call them together, Joshua. Men, women, children, and listen, foreigners living in your towns so that they may hear this book of instruction and learn to fear the Lord your God and carefully obey all the terms of these instructions. Do this so that your children who have not known these instructions will hear them and will learn to fear the Lord your God. Do this as long as you live in the land. Do this as long as you live in the land. The land you are occupying to possess. Do you understand the command is not go occupy the land? The command is make disciples of your boys, of your girls, of your men, of your women, and of the foreigners. As you go, make disciples of the nation until your very last breath. It was not about occupying the promised land. It was about making disciples as you go, and once you're in the promised land, keep making disciples until your last breath. Israel did not get that. And so they live today under constant threat of war. My spiritual ancestors, the missionaries who were my heroes, they did not get that. So they came here and they planted plantations and dug tin mines and, yes, sold opium. The assignment is not occupy. It's make disciples. And second, this little adverb, therefore, is critical of our understanding of this assignment that was given to Israel and that is still given to his people today. That word, therefore, means verse 18 is provisional. It's conditioned upon verses 16 and 17. The authority of Christ is ours. It belongs to the church, the people of God, only if 
we pick up this assignment. Only if we say yes as we go, we will make disciples. So, so what are we going to do with this? I hope you're hearing me. The solution is not keep giving more to the specialists. Right? That's, that's not the solution. I'm not saying stop that. But that's not the answer. I'm saying that is not enough. What are we going to do with this? I don't know if this has ever happened to you. I mean, some of you have kids, right? Those of you who have children, have you ever had an encounter, noticed a behavior, and then felt, ugh, that's, actually, that's, they get that from me. Right? I, I had that experience. Our second son, Rob, was, I think he was about 12. We were we were in Malaysia, and Sherry was homeschooling all of our boys because uh, Malaysia is one of those countries. Um, you know, so uh, Sherry was homeschooling, and I really didn't do anything except, you know, I was the principal. Uh, I was, you know, in charge of quality control. That's, you know, every once in a while she would send the, one of the boys to the principal's office. And so I would always check at the end of the day, and, and I remember this one particular day. I said to Rob, so Rob... Did you clean your room like your mom asked you? And he said, yeah, which, you know, that's the response, right? Immediately this moral outrage that you would dare ask me, am I following the commands of mom? Yeah. And then he goes, "Um, so um, what what exactly is your definition of clean? You You know, when we're nuancing definitions, we're actually attempting to lower the bar to the point at which I don't need to change at all. You know, he, he was thinking, like, like, pushing his dirty clothes under the bed. That's kind of clean. <laughs> right, hanging his shirt on his bed. Kind of clean. Cleaner than it, than it was. This is what we do when we obsess over these, these kind of definitions. That's why we do. Is it as we go or is it go? Or, oh, however, it's make disciples. We have been called equipped, empowered for this task. Now, what does in the 21st century? Yeah. So what do you mean? No, it's your definition of clean. What does that look like in the contemporary church? Here's what that looks like. 53 by 33. 53% is the percentage of global wealth owned by 33% of global population who are Christians. 33% of the world owns 53% of the global resources. Do you realize that much of what the media calls religious violence today is actually the rest of the people rising up against the 33% because of what they see is economic inequality. 3.8%. is what the average evangelical church gives to missions. 3.8%. The rest, but, but there's more. I mean, maybe this is kind of a high point. U.S. dollars, $16 billion 
That's what, 3.8% of the evangelical giving? That's 16 billion U.S. dollars. That's what the evangelical church spends on cross-cultural missions every single year. The downside is, of that $16 billion, we spend $8 billion on conferences talking about missions. Sending our missionaries to big groups to discuss about missions. $8 billion. Do you know that the evangelical church loses $11 billion on graft, theft of our offerings by church leaders and treasurers? Should we not grieve? The difference we could make, but what we've been doing is not enough. We've got to do it differently. So here's the last thing I want to say. It's not that we don't have information. We can watch these moving videos. We can see starving children. We, you know, it's not that we don't feel guilty enough. It's not that we have lack. It's that we've never experienced the joy of the Great Commission. And here it is, verse 20b. I mean, I mean, here's what Jesus says. You know, you're, you're my ambassadors. Go make disciples. Baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach them to observe or obey or to keep and to guard everything I've taught you. And here it is. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end. Here's the joy. The joy is the Great Commission ultimately is a call of his people to the person of Christ. But it's conditional. If I am on assignment, lo, I will be with you. God is going to be the one. That's why in Deuteronomy chapter 31, verse 8, Moses said to this to Joshua, It is the Lord who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. Do not fear. Do not be dismayed. You see, a call to the Great Commission is a call to the Lord. There is joy in the presence of the Lord. The church that is obedient to this Great Commission is the church that knows the presence and the power of God. That's it. Everything else is stuff we do. Get musicians with better skill sets. Get a pastor who doesn't knock us out sleepy at 3.30 in the afternoon. Get some better skill sets. Try harder. Work harder. Give more. But here is the joy. The presence and power of Christ. He calls us to himself. I, I, I want you to see this photo. The year we joined Grace Baptist Church. 2012, we were living in Qingdao. Oh, you can't see it, but when we get to the, our building, this will be fixed. Uh, 73 single young adults. This is not their graduating class. They had taken their last seminary course, but this is not their graduation this is their commissioning. Now, I know we do it backwards here. We graduate and credential first. 
And then we believe that qualifies us to do ministry. But they are required to do ministry first. So this is not their graduation. This is their commissioning. Every one of these 73, except the man in black in the middle, are single and going out to the mission field. Now, I know you've heard of Back to Jerusalem. This is not Back to Jerusalem. This is going everywhere. Some of them are going to Laos. Some of them are going to Cambodia. Some are going to Indonesia. I even asked them, you speak Bahasa? No, don't. Um, call them naive. What I call them is obedient. And, and I don't know if you can tell the, the laughter and joy. At the end of their last course, we gave them a study Bible in Chinese. That's all they took with them. I was anxious because we credential first and then we go, they're going first. When they come back for their mission, from their mission, they will then get a certificate to say that they have graduated with a master's of missions because of going, not because of studying. I, I began to ask some of them, are you, are you, are you raising your support? Are you faith missionaries? And, and one of them said, raise support. That's not faith. So, in what was one of uh, my most awkward experiences on the mission field, that man, who was a senior pastor in an underground church that just happens to have a huge building and 3,000 people who meet every Sunday... He said to me, I know you're going back to America. I, I want you to send this message to those Americans. Which is awkward because I'm Canadian. And that's not really how our relationship works. <laughs> right? Donald Trump's not sitting in Washington going, what to do about North Korea? Oh, I know, I'll ask Canada. That is going to happen never. So I said, no, I, it's probably not appropriate for me to go tell these Americans what. He said, no, no, you... You go and you tell them. Finally, I said, tell them what? He said, tell them we, kn we know they sent their missionaries here to die in Chinese soil. I had checked with our mission organization alone, 114 missionaries had been killed in China. That's just one mission organization. 114 Americans doesn't count their children slaughtered in China. He said, tell them when you go, we know that they shed their blood for this nation. We know that Chinese soil is soaked in the blood of American missionaries. But you tell them now, we are going to pay our debt to God's grace. What? And, and they weren't going guilty. They weren't saying, we got to do this because our senior pastors make us feel guilty. They had such joy to find the Lord of the harvest in the harvest. They just went. Last number, 10,000. Old statistic from 2012. 10,000 in 2012 is the number of Chinese who are being baptized every single day. It's not because missionaries were doing it. We had nothing to do with it. It was because ordinary Chinese learners, the worshipers and the doubters, as they went, 
could not stop leaking the grace of God. Wherever they went, it is God Himself who draws the nations. They just got out there and kept getting out there. And I want to know what is my part now. I'm a white guy, not welcome in 86 nations. Maybe just for this space, I could keep saying, God has called us. This is the mission call to himself. There is joy in his presence, seeking to be the man, the woman he has called us to do and be. And disciples do something. We don't just learn something. We do something. One, we run to him. Second, we go and we reproduce ourselves. That's what we're called for. That's why we exist That's why God has heaven waiting for you. Because of this assignment. As you go, make disciples. Baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Teach them to follow, obey, guard everything that I have said. In Jesus' name, let's pray together. Father God, I stand in front of an entire congregation of missionaries. Some of us are worshipers, and some of us honestly are just doubting. May every breath in us retell your grace, the grace that broke into our darkness, broke into our strife with every breath. May we talk about your boundless love that deepest joy we know of pursuing you, the endless life that is promised. Let this people praise you and let the nations be glad in Jesus' name. Amen. As we close our time together, let's stand and sing this together. May the peoples praise you.